sportsmanship, confidence building, positive attitude, learning from failure, and success. You'll find it all here. This is Sports Psychology Today with Dr. Andrew Jacobs, Digital Edition. Welcome to the exclusive digital edition of Sports Psychology Today. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and you can hear this and all other podcasts at winnersunlimited.com. You know, the world of sports every week brings up new topics that we can discuss. And on this show, I try to interview people who can add insight into what's going on in specific situations in sports. Over the 36 years I've worked as a sports psychologist in the Kansas City area, I've dealt with a lot of different issues. Problems with coaches, problems with athletes, problems with parents and officials, how to handle stress, how to deal with positivity or negativity. And one of the things that constantly comes up is the role coaches play in the world of youth sports and the, and, and, and the world of sports in general. We have so many scenarios that seem to pop up where coaches have issues. This past week, we had a situation at the University of Mississippi where Coach Hugh Freeze was, was forced to resign as the head coach of their football team a very prominent SEC football team, because it was discovered he was using his university cell phone to make calls to an escort service. Obviously something that's unacceptable on top of the fact that he's married. And what role does this play with his coaches, with his players, and with the community? We're going to be talking with Russ Jones, who's a journalist in Oxford, Mississippi, who knows you freeze and has dealt with this issue in a moment. But, you know, one of the key things that I find all the time is that no matter what a coach does or how prominent he or she is, in the end, they are human beings. And they make mistakes. They have feelings. They have emotions. They have the same things everybody else has to deal with in life. Successes, failures, relationships. And coaches make mistakes. No one is perfect. Obviously, Euphoria has made a big mistake. And now we're going to talk with Russ Jones. He's a media consultant in Oxford, Mississippi, a journalist. And as we talk about the role coaches have in life and, and the impact they have on kids, you have this situation in Oxford, Mississippi this week where Euphoria, the head football coach at the University of Mississippi, resigned because it was discovered that he'd been using his university cell phone to make calls to an escort service. And this is a man who won the Sugar Bowl a couple of years ago. A lot of media has talked about Euphreeze and the things that have gone on down in Oxford with his team the last couple of years. And Russ, you, you are someone who knows Euphreeze. You've covered him. Tell us what's going on down in Oxford right now and the impact this has had on the community. And, and my gosh, uh, this, this, this is a guy who's in charge of an SEC football team. He's a role model. He's guiding kids. He's getting parents to allow their kids to come be coached by him. And now this happens. What What's going on down there? Well, first, Dr. Jacobs, honored to be with you. Grew up listening to WHB in my hometown of Kansas City. But uh, folks here in Oxford, you know, it's like anything. It, it's kind of like a death in the family. Uh, folks are are grieving. They're disappointed. They're sad. There's even a sense of betrayal, uh, even even anger. I mean, after all, th this is the storied program that was featured in the movie The Blind Side, and lots of folks have seen that movie. 
and, and Hollywood, I, I think in many ways, uh, got some of it right and got some of it wrong, but, but, uh, but folks down here are really having a difficult time with this. Uh, Coach Freeze was, was highly regarded. People really liked him. Uh, the program had been, uh, under a lot of scrutiny and, and, and not been very successful and, and Coach Freeze came in and kind of his own rags to riches sort of story came in from from a Christian school in Memphis, you, you know, worked himself up Lambeth and, and uh, Arkansas State and then to Old Miss and, and kind of one of their own had come home. Well, now that story uh, under the cloud of the NCAA investigation, then, then all of this personal uh, drama has surfaced and folks are kind of uh, like deer in headlights around here. It's 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 uh, there. There's a mourning taking place here in Oxford. Folks are chatting about it, talking about it, and trying to make sense of it. What's the mood? I mean, is it just is it shock? Is it disappointment? Is it dismay? I mean, this this is a man running a big time university football program. I mean, the SEC football. You know, I guess the. The ACC may challenge on this, but SEC football is as good as anybody's, and you the competitiveness in that that league is is there. I went to Vanderbilt, maybe one of the worst teams in the league year after year, but you know they've they've gotten a lot better since when I was there back in the seventies. But nonetheless, this this is a very competitive league, and role models are in sports today. Russ, something that I talk about all the time on, on my weekly radio show in Kansas City, the importance of role models, coaches as role models, how you guide and direct young people. And your behavior really is a reflection of you. So you've got to be on top of things. So how did he end up doing something like this and think that it wouldn't be discovered? Well, it's, it's no surprise that people that follow sports, uh, the attraction initially when he got here was him, and then being a part of the SEC, as you as you stated, he he had an all class recruiting team uh, w- within the first two years that he was here. People were attracted to him, attracted to him as a not only a leader on the football field, but also a big part of Hugh Freeze is his mentoring and his embrace of these kids. That a lot of them uh, coming from fatherless homes, coming from very poor backgrounds and whatnot, and here is this man embracing the ideal who has made it to the Mecca, to the top, and, and here is this guy that's not only going to be concerned about who they are on the football field, but who, who are they going to be off the field. So when you spend a lot of time like that, and, and then, of course, we, we know his faith was extremely important, uh, it does cause you to wonder what, what's going on behind the scenes, and you know... You know, Doc, there's a saying, who you are, uh, true character is who you are when nobody's looking. Well, we don't really know what was going on in his, his life. Obviously, things going on that, that, that uh, provided the opportunity for him to do these sorts of things. But, but apparently, there's been a lack of accountability, uh, attraction to too much power. You know, it's like any leader. I think in sports, we've made these coaches into demigods, and and there's an attraction to this. We don't know really what was going on, unresolved conflict at home, unresolved personal issues. But now these players and the staff, and I know a number of people that are on the staff, and uh, went to church with 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 Hugh and, and his family. Uh, you, you know, they're they're looking around, going, okay. 
this is rough. We've got to get through this. And, and uh, maybe there will be an opportunity for people to, you know, be a wake-up call for their own lives and other coaches out there and other leaders who are saying, you know what, that could be me if I don't watch myself. That could be me. Well, you know, Rick Pitino survived a very similar type of crisis at the University of Louisville coaching basketball. Uh, I'm surprised, actually, that he did survive it. And he's been coaching ever since you know, the crisis came out where, where it was discovered that he'd been having sex with uh, the wife of a former staff member. Um, so how will you free survive this? Well, I, I get a little concerned when folks are so con- uh, judgmental, you know, and concerned about the football program. The football program will survive. They will pivot. They will find a way. This is the SEC. Uh, they, they will get through this, and there will be a new day. Uh, I, I think as, as just our own concern for our fellow uh, humans and people that we, we share time with here, we should be concerned about Hugh and be concerned about his wife and his daughters uh, and, and the players that he has had an impact on. Uh, I, I have hope uh, that there will be a day for for. Hugh Freeze, that he can look back on this and, and he'll have a new story to tell and he will have survived and uh, there will be a season in his life where he can say, you know what, uh, the years the Locust Eight have been restored and, and I can be a mentor to other coaches and uh, other leaders and to to be a voice uh, of warning for what to look for. But he's going to have to take some time to deal with his own issues and what role he played in bringing this on himself and taking personal responsibility. And, uh, you know, he just he needs to go into hiding and take care of himself and take care of his family. Well, Russ, you've been through a personal crisis. I've been through a personal crisis, and these things are things you, you can learn from or they can devastate you. And we all make mistakes in life. I mean, we're human beings. I don't care if you're a coach, if you're the president of the United States, if you run a company, if you're a talk show host, whatever whatever you do. You're a teacher, you're a doctor, a lawyer, janitor, collect the trash. We all make mistakes. We're, we're human beings. We're people. And I think you, you hit it on the head. We, we, we put coaches, especially at big-time programs, professional coaches, collegiate coaches, even some high school coaches, on these these pedestals where they are demagogues they're they're these incredible people but they're human beings and they have emotions and they have feelings and they screw up and i think the greatest lessons we we learn from life are are when we fail and in the book that i just co-wrote this past year with a royals hall of famer jeff montgomery and olympic hall of fame swim coach pete malone called just let him play guiding parents coaches and athletes through youth sports our third chapter is called embracing failure can lead to fun and we talk about how no matter what you do, you're going to fail. You're going to screw up. You're going to make mistakes. And it's, it's what you learn from that. Now, this is, this is obviously a little bit deeper than a youth sports team losing or failing. This is about life. And so for you, Freeze, he's got his life he's got to figure out. He's got a family he has to figure out what he's going to do, how he's going to deal with and what he's going to do. But then let me ask this question. So he resigns. What, what happens to the team and the players? I mean, here they're looking up to him. They're, they're putting him on, on, on that pedestal. How does that affect the players that are there and the assistant coaches and everyone? Well, they're going to have to take some time to sift, sift through it, too. I've talked to some folks who, who they're disappointed. But at the same time, especially those who uh, may have the, you know, of the Christian faith, and, and I know this isn't a Christian program, 
but you, those people are going to have an even more difficult time. But I just need to say that it, their belief in him wasn't necessarily wrong. You know, often when a leader falls from their position, those who followed him, you know, they're feeling duped right now, set up, or even foolish for believing him. But while, you know, we are wise to discern uh, in, in him, to, you know, to live his life and, and that he was uh, a motivator for us and an encourager for, for many people, and, and folks were attracted to that. I mean, he hosted chapel services for the team that were, they, they weren't required, but a lot of those guys went and they saw him as a faith leader, as a motivational leader. They saw him as, as a strong football leader. So, so now they're trying to put those people back together uh, while at the same time saying, you know what, he made a mistake. That still doesn't mean that, that he was necessarily wrong about the things that he said. But unfortunately, his behavior doesn't match what he said, but it doesn't make the message wrong. It just means that the messenger was flawed, like all of us are flawed. And when we put people on that pedestal, as you said, that makes that fall even further down and and uh, I, I think when you put the NCAA investigation on top of it you know maybe the university might have been looking for an out and this was one of those outs uh, we don't know all of that we just we do know that that the university has got some some healing to do these players have got some healing to do and and uh, they'll have to start looking now for that leadership from their new coach you know sports is is a profession for many people where you survive if you win and you fall apart if you lose. I always like to say you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with a stronger mind will be the one I'll come out on top. One of the words I work with many of my clients on, Russ, is the word balance. How do you balance things out? And there are good times, there are bad times. And obviously everyone makes mistakes. No one is perfect. I have, I have so many young athletes that come into my office and tell me they're perfectionists. Their parents say, my daughter's a perfectionist. And when I ask them why they're a perfectionist, well, because it's got to be right. If it isn't, it's not good enough. Then I'll ask them, who, who have you met who's perfect? And then they sort of look at me with this empty gl- stare and go, well, nobody. Then I said, well, then if nobody's perfect, why are you trying to be perfect? You know, sometimes it clicks, sometimes it doesn't. We all make mistakes, and we put coaches on these, these pedestals, as we said earlier, to the point that we expect them to be perfect. But they are human. They, they, they do screw up. They say things they shouldn't say. They do things they shouldn't do. But where's the point where you go too far? Obviously, this is a situation where he's gone too far, and yeah. he's paying the price for it. So the question well, is... Well, and many thought he did have a balance because he did talk about his faith quite a bit. And, and folks interpreted that as a, as a man who, wow, this guy has got his priorities in place. You know, football has this place in his life, and his faith has this other place, which was more important. And, and, and so that's where people are trying to say, well, we really thought this guy had, had uh, things in, put in perspective. So that, that is why I say you can't just ignore the faith piece, because that's where people are, are confused. And, and that's where I need to say that, you know what, uh, we aren't perfect, and we will fall. And, and there's this other saying that's, that says that pride comes before the fall. So all of the uh, quarterback folks on the sidelines trying to, to uh, 
psychoanalyze all of this out there that don't understand that the humanness really played a factor here. And yes, he did have a strive to win, but those wins now against Alabama and going to the Cotton Bowl uh, are now looked at through the lens of a broken man and the brokenness of, of you know, his humanness coming to the surface and so the real balance is going to come now, as you say, that he's going to have to find the balance of where did life get out of balance for me. And and while I might have been saying these things on the outside, what was going on inside my heart, what was going on inside my, my network of family and friends that made me so vulnerable for this kind of fall. And, and each of us, you know, there's, there is uh, a part of us that each of us should be looking at this scared to death. And, and taking a close look at ourselves and saying, you know what, that could be me. That okay. Be, I don't care what leadership position you're in. So the healing process for the University of Mississippi football team involves what then, Russ? You tell me, what are they doing to help? Obviously, it's it's the middle of summer, and a lot of the players are not there now, but they'll be coming back soon. So what's going to be done to heal these players and the coaches that are there, because that that is going to be a big piece of this puzzle for this this organization, this university. Yeah, well, and that's the million dollar question. That that is a great question, and those healing steps haven't been identified. And I think it would behoove the university to to clarify and put together the steps of this is what we need to do to heal. And that healing process is going to be really difficult as the NCAA investigation dangles out there. Uh, so they're going to have to separate these two. We've got this over here, but at the same time, we've got to, to deal with, with the, the emotional healing of what happened to our leader. So, and those are two very, very different steps and processes. One of the things that I think would be helpful for them is that they need to have some, some group sessions where the players and coaches are allowed to vent and talk about their frustration, their feelings of being upset and, and let down. I think yeah. it's important, you know, the, part of the healing process is talking and communicating. Yeah. And too often we don't do that. We just leave people alone. Some people need to be alone for a while, but there also needs to be a point where they can share their feelings and thoughts and emotions and understand, hey, I'm not the only one feeling like this. Well, apparently uh, Hugh Freeze had a very transparent meeting with the team and the staff before they had the press conference that was aired on ESPN, and it was very, very tender, emotional, transparent. Uh, now that they have that information, they'll, they'll have to bring in, I think, some professional help. I really do believe that, uh, to, to deal with the aftermath of this news and to just allow the players to feel whatever they're feeling and then to, to, to go from there and, and uh, uh, allow the new coach to lead and to bring his own special style and and allow the community the fan base the students uh and and to put it into context and to put the situation into context and and try to not not control how people feel but to say hey whatever you're feeling is natural but let's put it into context let's let's keep Hugh freeze in our thoughts and those of you that are people of prayer keep keep them in your prayer prayers well, what he did obviously was was something that's unacceptable. But at the same time, he didn't kill anybody. He didn't, you know, he's harmed himself and his family as well as people around him. But he didn't didn't intentionally go harm someone. He did something that, quite frankly, was pretty dumb, in my opinion. If you're somebody in that role, you can't do that type of behavior. I mean, you you've got to be smarter than that. So he's going to have to learn from this, 
and hopefully grow from this and it'll hopefully his marriage and family will survive and he can work through this because we all have ups and downs but nonetheless the university football team there the staff the coaches everybody affiliated with with that organization needs to go through a, a a time of of working through their emotions and feelings and and moving on to the next next level and and that's the key thing. Coaches are role models, but they're human beings first, and they're going to make mistakes. So I think the biggest thing we can learn from this, Russ, is this that you know we we put coaches on these as as you said earlier this is sort of in a demagogues type of state where they're they're above everybody else, but in the end. You know, they put their pants on the same way everybody else does. They've got to brush their teeth. They've got to take a shot. They do everything everybody else does. They're still human beings, and they're they're no no one's perfect. So this is a to me this is a situation where the players there can learn a lot about themselves and about life, and I think it can help make them stronger as they move on in things. That's absolutely true, and and uh, this is a story of of <laughs> I hate to say it, but biblical proportions. You've got a, a, a man's failures that puts his pants on just like you and I do. You've got vengeance in the background, whatever was going on with former coach Houston Nutt. And then you've got the NCAA uh, allegations, investigation of all of that, that that are driven by trying to lure people to the program. I mean, what is, that's a perfect trifecta, isn't it, for a fall and to make someone vulnerable. and And all of those... You put that all together in one piece, and it makes for, for a very destructive uh, opportunity for a destructive fall, destructive behaviors, and who knows what he was try- doing to try to uh, uh, deal with, with the investigation and how that reflected on him. Yeah, there are a lot of things we'll probably never know, but uh, hopefully you, Freeze, will be able to move on from this, and he'll learn from this for himself, and his family will stay intact, and It'll make his family a stronger situation. I want to thank you, Russ, for joining me today. This has been a great interview. Thank, you know, Good input, and uh, thank you so much for your thoughts today. All right. Thank you. That wraps it up for this digital edition of Sports Psychology Today. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Remember, you can hear this interview and many others at winnersunlimited.com. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Sports Psychology Today with Dr. Andrew Jacobs, digital edition. Find out more at winnersunlimited.com.